We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. I'm me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcasts. Adam, um, been saying a lot of uh, tough things about Cincinnati in recent weeks. And I just want to go out there and say it. There, there are some good things about Cincinnati. Rose Lavelle, U.S. Women's National Team uh, midfield stalwart from Cincinnati she also spent some time in Madison Wisconsin for college I just want to put that out there as well she's wonderful Cincinnati Reds and their fans not so much hey Adam how you doing I'm doing well a little bit of a little bit of a rivalry bubbling up here again um I saw you note this in our discord and it's something that I had made a mental note of myself before that which is yeah since we've taken all this venture throwing ourselves into the world of Milwaukee Brewers it hasn't taken long it hasn't been difficult for us to uh come to view Cubs and Cardinals both you know fans and players and the teams as our enemies but the Reds are just like yeah, yeah they're just one of those other two teams just like languishing in the division until now um and their fans have had a weird one lately which I get it it's tough you know you're just getting the 
crap knocked out of you by the Milwaukee Brewers time and time again. You're beating everyone else. This team that can't score runs as your number. But it's been a fun few days on the internet. It has been a fun few days on the internet. Uh, Adam, having a baseball podcast is something that just by its nature, due to the the way baseball works, it sets you up to have just like a lot of wrong takes over the course of a number of years because it's a game where you use a bat to hit a ball coming close to 100 miles an hour. Some randomness and some weirdness is going to happen. Guys are going to be people that you stake your claim to thinking they're going to be amazing and then they don't pan out. That being said, uh, trying to have a take that says, you know what, I've figured it out, me, in my mother's basement, typing here on this Lenovo or this Mac or whatever it is, I figured out how to beat Devin Williams. You just don't swing. Just stand in the box. You don't swing. Step two, profit. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen Do we think in sports viewing. Do we think that the person behind that particular take may in fact have been Bryce Harper? Uh, Bryce Harper secretly the Reds, you know, number one fan. There was a time um, when Pablo Sandoval was playing for the Boston Red Sox that they uh, came to find out that he was, I think, uh, swiping through Instagram, liking posts during the middle of games. And you know what? Maybe Bryce Harper, secret super Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals fan, was just trolling through the internet, being like, you know what? I tried it against Hobie Miller. It didn't work. But the way to beat Devin Williams is if I were the Cincinnati Reds, I would simply just not swing. That's what I would do. That's, you know, it's very possible. Um, One of our uh, good uh, good friends of the podcast, I think it's, is it the, the the trust in horse Twitter account when uh when this particular Reds fan account was saying uh, we need to get an investigation going into the umpiring as well? That was another aspect of this uh of this series, um, you know, some terrible home plate umpiring in in the first game of which, the series that benefited which never benefited never never happens never happens. It's true. Like I think no the one thing Major League Baseball has been doing the last few seasons that I think. You know, it's it's fair to say, Adam, it's like Major League Baseball tries to find a way to advance the interests of the Milwaukee Brewers. We all know this, like just, you know, like Yankees, um, Dodgers, Brewers. These are the teams that MLB has a vested interest in. And it's just it's just safe to say, you know, we, we've been the beneficiary of just, you know, umpires just trying to help us win baseball games. I mean, you know, what can I say, Adam? Like busted. They're not even trying to hide it, Andrew. Rob Manfred visited Milwaukee recently. It's just, it's there. It's out there in the open for everyone to see. He visits Milwaukee. Then what happens next? Boom, new contract. Uh, when I when I saw uh, someone say they needed to do an investigation, it reminded me of the scene in The Office where uh, Dwight says they need to form a task force, and Jim goes, won't that get in the way of your other task force? forces and so that's that's kind of what i thought of it when i saw red fans just freaking out it's like oh man uh anyway that's that's not important uh in all seriousness in all seriousness like this is fun that's fun um i'm not going to encourage anyone to behave like that particular individual but just setting some sort of added dynamic to what is going to be 
a pretty hard fought race between two division rivals and making it feel real. You know, that's fun. And I tip my hat to, you know, Red's Twitter because they're certainly doing more to make it a rivalry than their team does every time they see the Milwaukee Brewers. Wow. I was going to just pivot to talking about how fun the team is and but continue to insult the fans and you and you weren't there and i love that that's great i like that a lot i was also um, being sincere for the right i think this is i think this is fun i think it's a good thing on both sides um i just would be doing a lot less you know chirping and whining and complaining if the brewers had floundered as poorly as the reds have in this series this year i think that would be one where okay maybe we just shut up and try to continue beating all the other teams and hope it works out by the time the season comes to its end. But fun few yep. days, interesting few days. Worth noting, Swing and Miss Merchant was one of the things that really gathered some steam. It is now Devin Williams' Instagram uh, bio. So Devin Williams, you know, it made its way to him. He heard it. He clearly got a kick out of it. And he went out there. And you know what he did, Andrew? He made them swing and miss to wrap up this series. But we'll get to it all. Fellas, is it bad uh, to miss bats? <laughs> Many people are asking. Uh, anyway, yeah, Brewers dominate the season series with the Reds. This is a race that uh, should go pretty far, uh, should go down to the wire, and the Reds are a team that's not going to go away uh, over the next few years. they got a lot of fun players, but uh, this season the Brewers just went out and dominated them. Uh, and we'll talk about the series here in a moment. Some uh, procedural notes on things that have happened this week. Uh, Jason Alexander's been outrighted to Nashville, so he's off the 40-man, which presumably clears a spot for Justin Wilson in the near future. Um, Rymel Tapia has elected free agency, so uh, that move that got South relates the Brewers sees Tapia, as expected, exit the organization. And then the last bit of news after a important base hit uh, in the first game of the series, Jesse Winker has been uh, added to the 10-day IL um, with back spasms. Abraham Toro called from Nashville, and uh, Toro got some time at first base. Worth us noting. The team. Worth us noting. Real back spasms, it seems like. Reporting being uh, that... that- that he was finding it very difficult to walk around before yesterday's game. So he did injure his back. Um, I mean, it may ultimately end up in a place where we all think it could end up, but it does seem like he has injured his back, which honestly kind of sneakily another Jesse Winker problem, which is there have been a lot of like short term. Oh, here's a little kind of inconvenience of an injury, which probably hasn't helped him and hasn't helped the Brewers either and may just factor in some of their decision-making too. But the injury, we have speculated on some of these IL stints for guys who it's like, oh, this this guy is cooked and they're going on the IL. Is this just a is this just a slow way, a gentle way of the Brewers sending them off into the night? Maybe it is, but it does seem like Winker is injured again too. The one year uh I think recalling Adam is when the Brewers. Uh, we hope oh, okay. that was it, but I, it turned out not to be the case. Right. I was talking about when uh, I assume this is the picture I'm painting in my head, where Luke Voigt was walking around the club uh, sure. clubhouse, and they had a whoever Matt Arnold was walking around. He had a tablet in one hand, 
and was like putting Luke Voigt in the frame with his like the side of his eye. And he said, I'm on fan graphs and it looks like you're hurt, Luke Voigt. And then he went to the <laughs> IL. But uh, yeah, I don't have too much more to add on that. Is there anything I'm missing, Adam? Is there like inklings of things that came out across the Internet? I guess we can talk about uh, the Jeff pass an article where he mentioned mm-hmm. that uh the brewers might try to do their subtract slash add strategy that they tried last year but in a lesser degree and the names that he mentioned that you know could fetch some something on the market were victor caratini and colin ray and i think we're on the same page where i would say i don't see it uh, i don't see how that makes sense and that's not something i would anticipate them doing yeah i, I kind of one, I don't think you get rid of Caratini for a wide variety of reasons. Um, we have joked a lot about, you know, how good just, you know, one game Caratini is in a series and he comes in and he's Corbin's catcher and they've got a great rapport and Corbin's got it going again. So that would seem like something you would want to disrupt. And beyond that, Caratini's come up with big hits and has shown the ability, honestly, over two seasons to come up clutch for the Brewers. You don't have your your future catcher may be pretty obvious and panned out with Jefferson Cairo. Um, he's currently in the IL and he's not ready to make the jump right away, I would say. And um, we still feel like a way off of that. So trading away your backup catcher and someone who's, I think as we've talked about before, like probably one of the better backup catchers around like you you couldn't hope for much more than what caratini gives you and particularly being the guy that your your ace has developed such a strong kind of understanding and bond with someone who can come up and deliver big hits that just seems to not make a whole lot of sense and then when it comes to colin ray even more kind of weird i guess because the offense is terrible and the brewers are good And how has that happened? It's happened because of the pitching in spite of the variety of injuries. So it would seem like a weird kind of thought process if they were to get rid of Colin Ray, be like, oh, Brandon Woodruff is coming back. And, you know, one thing we've learned this season is pitchers can never get injured. You know, that doesn't happen. So we don't need to keep a good stock of guys who could step up if needed. So that's also kind of a little bit of a head scratcher. Um. I'm increasingly, uh, this is, now I'm really setting up. This is exactly what we did last year. And then the trade happened. I'm increasingly thinking the Brewers are going to do next to nothing, very close to nothing at this deadline. Um, And I, I know people will be annoyed at that. I will say I feel something of a disconnect. I woke up, wasn't watching, it was a game two of this series live. And I know we have had, as we're about to talk about, one hell of a series for runners left in scoring position. And, you know, feelings are a little bit more emotive. I I do think there's a slightly longer game being played, but I also think it's one that clearly, like, this team is good. It's not easy to watch it. They don't make it easy for themselves, but they are good. This is a team that could win the division, could go and really put up a strong fight in a playoff series, and looks in very good position to kick on in a major way in the next couple of seasons I feel like the Brewers may play it out a little bit conservative because honestly in part I don't think the market is just like lighting up with really easy and obvious options that are going to be worth their while to do too much more that's drastic maybe we get some more call-ups maybe 
Um, but I think like there there is something that's going to be both very frustrating but is also very real to you know our big deadline acquisitions are self free like and brandon woodruff and you know maybe aaron ashby soon that kind of way of thinking just wilson the brewers are about to get a lot better and we've seen it already with, with sal um maybe rowdy Telez comes back looks like himself i know there's a lot there that it's like it's hard to pin your hopes on but then you're kind of left to what's still the baseline of the team of late, which is a really good team. I don't think we're going to get anything particularly revelatory. That's that's where I'm at. I think I'm maybe in the minority, but in part because I think people want something bigger. Uh, I just I see a pretty clear path to the Brewers being like, you know what, we're good at where we stand. We feel like we're right on track and will make the postseason. And you got to remember they're in a position now that does feel quite similar to this time last year, where it's like if they were to do something like Jeff Passon saying, you know, they might go back to the well of trades last year. I guarantee they won't do that. Like we've we've heard everyone has talked publicly about how bad that was. We know how the players felt about that. If they do that this year and things were to turn south again and they miss the playoffs, <laughs> the level of anger and fallout, I think is much harder for everyone to just kind of bounce back on. And that goes right to the top and ownership. So the safer thing for Mark Adonazio might be to not do a whole lot. You know what? I think you'll be into that, Andrew. I think that could be music to his ears. Uh, this isn't reporting, but I was uh, listening to uh, two guys who have, uh, been on the podcast network uh in the last few weeks and month uh kurt hogue was on bart winkler's show um and kurt thinks uh kurt thinks a bat is in the cards um last season adam um i said one reliever and it was one reliever out uh two relievers in and then a theoretical reliever who may or not be real uh in trevor rosenthal in those two relievers uh, in, one of those was Donaldson Lamette too, right? Am I right in that? Oh, I I had Bush, uh, Rogers, and uh, oh, okay, theoretical, yeah, theoretical kind, kind of two off. theoretical relievers, or maybe you have to cope with a different term for Lamette, but um, it, well, yeah, that's true. I was gonna say, I you know, Taylor Rogers and Matt Bush were very real, and we had to live through that. We all, <laughs> we all shared that experience together, uh. So I should I should come too, on here and say too real one could say Andrew. Well, shared trauma, Adam. I mean, you have that shared trauma talking about Taylor Rogers and Matt Bush twice a week. Uh, I'll go. I'll come in, on here and say, you know what? I think they're gonna get one bat, and then that'll open up the the universe to just throw whatever at us. But hopefully, you know, it's more successful than that. The trade market uh kind of got kicked off. Last night, obviously, we've had the Pierce Johnson to Atlanta trade. We had Ahmed Rosario to the Dodgers yesterday as well. Uh, Kike Hernandez, who was probably going to get designated for assignment for the uh, Red Sox, is also back in Los Angeles. But then Lucas Giolito to the Angels um, was the first real big domino to fall. The pitching market is just terrible, it seems, beyond Giolito, who's now with the angels and funnily enough, I kept, I kept thinking to myself as this move was going down last night, like what if they just lose five in a row and trade them again? <laughs> like that's something that could happen. Uh, probably not. It sounds like they're just going to, uh, 
go down to the wire with Otani and probably miss the playoffs again and then watch him walk away for nothing. It's just a crazy circumstance. But like beyond him and Stroman and I guess uh, Lance Lynn, who I think pitched against Stroman last night, I did not see the result of that. Uh, not much going on. Shane Bieber on the 60-day IL now for the Guardians. He won't be back until mid-September. So not a lot going on on the starting pitching market and i guess in the next few days we'll start to see the fringe bats just get, fly fast and furious around the league um where did the brewers end up do they continue with the internal improvements like we've been talking about adam i think uh uh on other podcasts and places around the internet that tyler black like could this happen speculation continues to ramp up i mean sometimes when we're getting real crazy and we're like really really hoping for good things in our lives we talk about uh jackson chorio um so people making of... people making bets with me in the discord about andrew it's not a real wave of momentum all the people seem to think jackson chorio's time is near i missed i missed the bet uh i must have been distracted but you know I, i'm excited that we're to the point where like this is a possibility and it, it might also be a bad thing just because we have so little faith in a move getting made that like m- makes this lineup better but they've got intriguing options at the the upper ends of the minor leagues and the, you know what that's uh that's exciting we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Adam, shall we go into uh, the three baseball games that uh, the Brewers want to up? Yeah, we should. I, the one thing I just want to add there, um, don't don't sleep on some other. I mean, we've talked a lot about Castanero. There has been a mini revival of sorts for Luis Arias in Nashville too, and this again is where things might be a little bit more underwhelming. I believe we showed homered last night. Um, I feel that was the case. Yes, he did. Homered last night, homered in July 21st as well. Um, 
very steadily kind of getting on base last five, six games. Things are picking up there. Um, I I would not rule out that again. Things things go quiet and all of a sudden because at Weecho, like in talking about Tyler Black and an Adrian Toro being called up and stuff like that, it's like everyone has forgot about him. I think he is factoring into this one way or another, and that could be what I would do, which is I would be finding a team who will want to take a shot on him and maybe has a similar player you could swap it around for. But I think if that's not the case, I would not be surprised if we see Luis Arias back. And if we got him back and he's good, that could that could help a lot. I just the I guess the thing with the Brewers is nothing is like crystallized because they have a lot of different avenues they can go on and a lot of different ways that the decision makers could talk themselves into. Well, we can do exactly what we need to do going this route, and this is the one that will set us up better for the future. So there are it's not just Kesson here. I feel like there is elements I've mentioned Peter Strzelecki a few times. There are familiar names, faces, forgotten faces almost, that could end up being what the kind of the, the new look Brewers post-deadline ends up being too. So I'm excited to see how the next few days play out because they could go and decide to make some splashes and shake things up a little bit. Or we could be dealing with, oh, here's all these guys you forgot who've kind of figured it out, maybe found something. Like, not enough that you're going to be solely convinced this is going to disappear the second they're facing Major League Pitching again. But let's find out. So I, I think those are those are all options on the table. Uh, did you see the propaganda leak out where it was uh, someone that, uh, had said that Kasson Hira had actually regressed as a fielder? I did see that. Oh, I mean, we can't call him up. He's regressed as a fielder. Jesse Winker provides so much defensive value. Like, what, what are we doing here? The, the other thing I'll say for that is, mm, could that be true? Do I buy it? I don't, I don't doubt it, but might, the timing. Might, might buy it. Might, might buy it. It's it's definitely possible. We um, are asking you to DH Keston Hira. That is all we are asking. Ah, I I don't know Adam. I don't know if I'm even asking I really I don't know what I want anymore let's let's see what they do at the trade deadline and then we can we can find some sort of shape to all of this but is that what I want even you know what I mean and yeah it, it can't be worse is the obvious argument I'll listen to the argument but I also remember you know I haven't forgotten what that could be like too and he's very capable of being a DH who just doesn't hit at all very well but we'll see we'll, we'll see that's what we've already got Adam uh on the mound in the first game of the series uh uh Colin Ray against Graham Ashcraft uh Brewer scored in the first inning Christian Yelich walks swipes second base and then William Contreras follows with a single to score him makes it one nothing Brewers uh in the third inning Ellie De La Cruz homers to right field scoring himself and Tyler Stevenson to make it two to one a uh, game where the offense, uh, for the most part, scuffled. Uh, two for 16 with runners in scoring position. Ten runners left on base. So they had plenty of opportunities, which I think was the name of the game in the series. So we're excited that they got the series win because they, there were so many times in these games where it looked like they just weren't going to push across the run they needed. Game gets tied in the sixth inning on a South Freelick home run. Makes it 2-2. First homer of his career. Uh, we had instances of guys getting cut down at the plate. Uh, uh, other 
issues with getting runs home, but Freelich ties the score at 2-2 in the sixth. Colin Rago, six innings pitch, five hits. The two runs on the Dela Cruz homer, a walk, five strikeouts. ERA down to 4-5-3 on the year. Um, just a great outing from Ray. Um, and you love to see it in the uh, ninth inning. Uh, Christian Yelich steps to the plate after um, the Brewers had put two guys on base. Uh, Blake Perkins led off the inning with a walk. Jesse Winker pinch hit for Joey Weimer, followed that with a uh, a single to put runners on first and second with no outs. And then uh, Tyron Taylor pinch runs for Winker. And Yelich follows that with a ground ball walk-off single through right field. Scores Blake Perkins. Brewers win 3-2. to two. Offense was struggling all day to push across the, the key run when they needed it, but Freelich steps up big, and then Yelich wins it behind a really great outing from Colin Ray, who continues to just provide some consistency at the back half of the rotation. Hobie Milner throws a scoreless inning. Yoel Pyant throws a scoreless inning, and Devin Williams throws a scoreless inning, and the Brewers walk it off 3-2 um, and get the win in the opening game of the series. All of those stranded runners... Um, basically, also trying to run as a third base. Um, and this game made me think a lot about last season because all the conversation has fully flipped to this is a just this is a train wreck of an offense. This is as bad as a Brewers offense has been for a long, long time. And it gets back to conversations we were having early in the season about well, what what does it feel like and what does it look like? The frustrations are certainly greater this year with guys being left on third. Um, but that is also the kind of thing the Brewers just couldn't do last year. Like <laughs> when the Brewers were bad last year, hits were near impossible to come by. They have no problems getting guys on base. Um, what we're seeing though is just it's they're being killed by the lack of home runs. I mean, and it's there's no there's no happy medium for this team. It's all homers or no homers. Obviously, Rowdy Teleza's struggles and now injuries, Willie Adamas' struggles, there are major, major differences in this season to last season and the Brewers being able to pile up homers. Quiz time for you, Andrew. Mm -hmm. Do you know or do you want to guess where the Brewers rank in home runs in Major League Baseball this year and where they ranked last year? I think last year they were third. That's correct. I'm going to say this year they are 28th. They are not that bad, but okay. 22nd, you know, third to 22nd is not great. It's not what you want. Uh, certainly when we wanted more contact hitting in the off season, we didn't want the home runs to disappear like they have. Um, but I, I do just think that's a major factor here. And that does come back to something like, oh, you've got a DA choose. What have we got? One home run? Uh yes, uh, hit for as, extra uh, bases as... like three times. Yeah, <laughs> just like okay, that is that is tough. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon for all of his flaws last year did get double digits homers, and it's felt like you know plenty of doubles got on base. You know, was a was an actual contributor, even though the numbers weren't what we'd have liked. Um, yeah, so like that's where a game like that comes about, and I also. I'm just like, yeah, I know. I'm not having a freak out every time a game like that happens or even game two when they lose. It's like, yeah, we've all been watching this team. Like, we know this is the problem. Much like last year, we knew the problem was 
if you weren't getting those home runs, well, forget it. They're not getting on base. There's there's no way they're going to score runs that don't involve home runs. This is kind of who they are. This is working as well, if not largely better. And I personally would bet on this approach late in the season more than what we saw in the collapse last year. Because I do think at least the Brewers get chances now. And they do have some guys, not as many as we'd like, but some guys on the ro- roster that you're like, I mean, we'll talk about them, but maybe not in the, to the level he deserves. Like, this is another great Christian Yelich series who is just, like, routinely incredible. And I'm I'm starting to get used to this, and I'm also starting to feel like, my God, there might be no sport where it's more exciting to have, like, a guy who just feels like a superstar on your team than baseball. Um, where... You know, the alternative not having that could be very, very grim when you have a guy who every single day you're like, oh, he's just going to deliver it. He's going to do great stuff. It's pretty fun. So I'm enjoying Yelich being back. There is that just bridge, though, between last year, between this year. They're nowhere near finding the happy medium. I think we're going to continue, even if they make a nice deadline move, to see this team get on base. Get on base. Even the guys that were like, oh, their OPS is terrible. Uh, they're not good hitters. Let them get on base. Scoring them is going to be a problem. And it's just about the Brewers have to keep giving themselves as many chances as possible. They have to rely on great pitching and hope that more often than not, they're just going to outscore the opponent. Just being the, the key word here. There is a reason this team is constantly in close games. And I don't think we're going to see a break with that. I think that's that's what the rest of the season is. It could still be a very good season with that. It's just going to be stressful. People are going to be frustrated kind of night in, night out with runners being stranded, even though this was certainly the ultimate extreme of that. And it was a win, which is, I guess, the most important thing at the end. Yeah, that is pretty important. Um, game two of the series pitted uh, Andrew Abbott against uh, Corbin Burns. Uh, Reds start the scoring in the fourth. Jonathan India infield single scores TJ Friedel to make it one nothing. Joey Votto follows with a single of his own to score Matt McLean, making it two nothing. Burns, for his uh, to his credit, was very good. Six inch pitch, three hits, two runs, both earned one walk, six strikeouts. So, uh, the pitcher that was, uh, I guess, most let down by the offense in this series was Corbin Burns because he turned in a quality start and had nothing to show for it. Andrew Abbott, six innings pitch, seven hits, one walk, nine strikeouts, no runs allowed for him. So once again, piling up base runners, but not able to get things done early in this game. All the Brewer scoring would come late in this game. And uh, Admiral Uribe came in, uh, walked a couple of batters, but got out of uh, the seventh inning unscathed. Uh, struck a batter out. Bryce Wilson comes in and uh, provides two innings pitch and uh, looked like it was going to be a good outing for him. And then it uh, it was not with uh, Spencer Steer on face. Will Benson uh, homers to make it four nothing. And uh, that would prove to be a pretty big deal in this game as the Brewers, to their credit, showed some fight late to try and uh, pull off a comeback. Um in the ninth inning with two outs, Sal Freelich draws a walk, gets a second on defensive indifference. Blake Perkins infield single uh, puts runners on the corners with two outs. Christian Yelich follows that up with an opposite field homer to make it four to three. Alexis Diaz comes on 
uh, for the Reds uh, game where it looked like they were going to have a secure victory. Ends up with them having to bring in their closer. William Contreras reaches on an infield single. Uh, Tyron Taylor pinch runs, takes second base. Willie Adams hit by a pitch, puts two runners on in the bottom of the ninth. And then Andre Monasterio flies out the center to end the game. Brewers lose 4-3, show some late fight, but too little, too late. Yeah, when you say Willie Adams hit by a pitch, that Diaz absolutely clocked him on the helmet. Um, pretty scary one that Willie has just like jumped up from and went about his business, which cool. Uh, not quite sure how. Tough ninth for uh, your guy, Bull City Bryce. Tough. Those two runs really, as you said, did come back to, to haunt the Brewers here. Um, I mean... Yeah, what well, what can what can you do with that? It is a pity when you get another good Corbin Burns outing and you're not coming out of it with a win. Um, maybe the most kind of the most reminiscent of what we expected Admiral Rebay's introduction to Major League Baseball to look like with the couple of walks and yet took care of business, got out of there. Pretty high pitch count, twenty nine pitches, but. No hits, no runs. That's what matters. ERA down to 159, which again is only really a discussion thanks to that bullshit bulk that was called. Um, so Abner looks great. It's a tough one, but you know, the fight, the rally is something. Um, the fact that Christian Yelich is a guy who can hit a tree run homer for you in the ninth as you're trying to make a comeback, that is that is something. That's something the Brewers have certainly been lacking. And kind of tough look because even with the way he's been playing lately, Andrew Modestereo is pretty high up on the list of guys you would have wanted up in that spot for a chance to tire, give the Brewers the lead. So, yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, as easy as the Brewers have made everything look against the Reds this season, you're gonna you're gonna lose one eventually. It's happened to be that one. But the Brewers would bounce back. Uh, final game of the series, an afternoon game. Freddie Peralta takes them out against Benton Lively, and Freddie Peralta had it working at him. Uh, <laughs> this was uh, one of those games uh, that uh, really honed in on the frustration aspect of watching this team's offense, like you mentioned earlier, because the the feeling throughout was, are they going to waste this performance for, from Freddie Peralta? Um, comes into the game, strikes out the side to open the game on just 11 pitches. Had the fastball working, had the slider working, was dotting some change-ups in unexpected counts as well throughout the game. And uh, he tied his career high in strikeouts with 13 and just looked dominant on the mound. Six innings pitch, four hits, no runs, no walks. A big key for Freddie. Obviously, if you're not allowing a run, you're also not allowing a home run. So Freddie did his best to limit that kind of damage and was just missing bats throughout. Um, when Freddie Peralta is on his game pitching like that, it's he's one of the most exciting pitchers to watch uh, in baseball. Council noted that, quote, from the first pitch, competitive off-speed pitches. That was number one, no free pitches for the hitters. And I think that's definitely key. You're not able to kind of... Uh, Relax in the box. 24 swings and misses for Peralta. Four shy of the career high he set this year in July against the Cubs. Um, 
13 strikeouts, ties Corbin Burns for the highest total by a Brewers pitcher this season. Great to see that. Freddie's career high, too. Yep. Um, uh, Brewers finally, finally, finally scratch through and get a run in the seventh inning after an Abraham Toro single. Tyrone Taylor hit the towering home run to left field to make it 2-0. Brewers get scoreless relief from Elvis Piguero, Yol Pimps, and Devin Williams. You've heard that story before. They get an insurance run uh, after Sal Freelich walks. Andre Monasterio doubles to left, scoring Freelich from first. Freelich absolutely tearing it up on the base pass, uh, getting around to score there. Uh, Brewers win 3-0. Uh, they get to Ben Lively, who um, goes six and two-thirds, and then uh, eventually the, the Tyrone Taylor home run. Uh, Mars his line a little bit, so you know I think uh, David Bell was uh, getting a little greedy trying to get um, another inning out of Lively. Um, Brewers win three nothing, win the series, two games, uh, losing one obviously, and then they take the season series by winning ten of thirteen games against the Reds. They own the tiebreaker now, which is could be something that's hugely important. Um, like we said, uh, offense struggled at times, may have been a little frustrating, but. The pitching and the defense sees it through. Brewers win another series against the Cincinnati Reds. And, uh, yeah, the Reds have to be frustrated that for whatever reason, they can beat everyone but the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, I think it's one of the ultimate testaments to Brewers pitching because this Reds offense is red hot. They pile up runs against pretty much everyone, and it's pretty much everyone because they don't against the Brewers. And if you put the Reds in a pitching battle, they're not going to win. So, I mean, that has been the secret so far. Of course, it's easier said than done. We didn't really talk about Joey Weimer robbing Ali De La Cruz of the, the home run in game one, which, I mean, Colm Ray's outing could have been very, very different if he had been taken in the yard on, what well, was that the first pitch of the game? It was certainly, it was his first batter he faced. Uh, Joey Weimer saves the day there, the Brewers scoreboard crew have some fun with that and Ellie De La Cruz makes them pay by hitting one of the greatest bombs I've ever seen at Amphan um, over the car out of the stadium like that's what the Reds have that's what they can do but it's about limiting the damage it's about keeping guys off the base paths so that yeah if you're giving something up you can give up single shots and you can live with that I think that's the difference. I think that's the thing for the Reds. It's, it really shows how good Brewers pitching is more than anything. We know that doesn't make it any easier for the Brewers offense, but that's kind of the, the key difference there. Something that is making life easier for the Brewers offense is certainly Sal Freelich. We should probably take a moment to kind of spotlight him and talk about him in his second series in the big leagues. Um, he knows the zone really, really well. He he just generally looks like someone who has been like five, six, seven years up in the majors. He's so at ease. He's so comfortable and confident. Um, even more impressive given, you know, things hadn't quite clicked like we had hoped since he came back from injury with the sounds. But turns out, you know what? Like when you're ready, you're ready. Just forget all of that. He was ready. He would have had his chance earlier in the season, if not for circumstance. He's come up and to deliver his first home run in just the second series, um, to be just getting walked constantly. And whenever he gets on the base paths, it's, it's a problem for opposing teams. 
So Sal Freelick, a major, major injection of life into this team, much as we've seen with other rookies, but I do think his particular skill set we've talked about, him being a great contact hitter, him being someone who's got great play discipline, what we're seeing already, um, get him on base and he is a threat to cause havoc and threat to score runs. Well, He's definitely improved times. my will to live at him. Listen, I you've your spirits, I can feel them rising in line with Sal. So I think there's plenty more good stuff coming there. Of course, it won't all be easy. He's a rookie, but can't really be any more impressed by how he started through two series. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, if someone is coming to your door to talk to you about accepting Sal Freelick into your life, Open that door and listen to what they have to say. Uh, Adam, shall we get to the leaderboard? Let's do it. All right. Your Master Brewer leaderboard after 103 games. Uh, Freddie Peralta adds a beer. Um, I did see in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel story. I can't remember if you mentioned that. It was his uh, career high in strikeouts. The last time he had that many strikeouts on his debut. Mother's Day 2018 against the Rockies. That's a a, a fun fun note. Uh, Colin Ray. Another great outing. Corbin Burns as well. Devin Williams and Yoel Piamps. Back half of the bullpen just really doing what they do. Sal Freelick, the aforementioned uh, Lord and Savior. Uh, Christian Yelich adds another beer. The consistency and just the, the reliability of uh, of Yelich this year, as you mentioned, since about uh, June 1st. Just really looking like MVP Yelich. And we uh, haven't seen that slow down um, to this point. If we uh, take the the broader view of what Yelich has done this season, 293, 379, 487 OPS up to 865, 15 homers. Just uh, continue to be in awe of him figuring out something in this season after uh, some tough times. Andrew Bonasterio uh, just... The guy gets hits, he gets walks, he gets on base. Um, flash some power in this series uh, with the the double to score Freelick. Love to see that. William Contreras, um, another reliable series at the plate. Obviously started uh, the series off right with an RBI single to score Yelich. Tyrone Taylor, game-winning homer. Um, good to see Tyrone uh, have something go his way. And then uh, single-game Victor Caratini. He plays, he gets hits, he does his job, he you know, works well with Corbin and gets him through a start. Leaderboard through 103 games. Devin Williams has 26. Yoel Piamps has 21. Christian Yelich has 20. Corbin Burns with 17. William Contreras with 16. Brian Anderson, Elvis Pagaro, Hobie Miller with 14. Willie Domas and Joey Weimer with 13. Owen Miller with 12. Peter Szeslecki and Bryce Wilson with 11. Roddy Tellez and Bryce Thorang with 10. Freddie Peralta, Victor Caratini with 9. Wade Miley, Julio Tehran, and Colin Wright with 8. Andre Monasterio with 7. Adrian Hauser with six, Garrett Mitchell five, Blake Perkins, Jesse Winker, Admiral Uribe with four, Jake Cousins, Eric Lauer, Trevor McGill, Tyrone Taylor, Sal Freelick with three, Brandon Woodruff, Gus Farland, Javi Guerra, Ramel Tapia with two, Mike Barroso, Luke Voigt, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, Darren Ruff, Abraham Toro, J.B. Bukowskis, Kamai Jones, and Jason Mejia with one. Uh, keep an eye out for the Substack on Friday. I set an alarm this time, Adam, so I won't forget to do it. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, come to you a day late to... to work conflicts but it is coming to you 
I think we should look ahead because I think looking looking ahead is certainly relevant. And there's some, I guess, some some added wrinkles for everyone to invest in in this series than they usually would. Yes, Adam, I know the, the stress of life has made my under eyes very, very wrinkly, so I understand why, why you bring up wrinkles. Um, but yeah, the Milwaukee Brewers will have a well-deserved off day on Thursday. Hopefully they get some rest and relaxation. Uh, much like Ben Folds, Adam, this weekend I'll be rocking the suburbs as I head to not Atlanta to watch the Milwaukee Brewers take on the Atlanta Braves. Um won't be at Friday's game, so you know, we'll be watching that on TV as usual. But uh six twenty central start Friday, July twenty eighth, Adrian Hauser takes on Yoni Chirinos, who's the guy they just picked up uh from the Tampa Rays organization. Saturday, six twenty central start, Julio Tehran takes on Bryce Elder. And then Sunday on July thirtieth, a twelve thirty five central start, Colin Ray takes on uh question mark right now for the Braves, but yeah, three games against Atlanta. Obviously, went one out of three against the Braves last weekend in Milwaukee. Uh, after that, that uh, brings us to a series in Washington uh, and then back home against Pittsburgh. The trade deadline is, is mixed in there as well. So a lot going on facing one of the best teams in baseball. Braves just lost a pair of games in uh, in Boston to the Red Sox. So, uh, yeah, uh, it'd be really nice to see if uh, the Brewers can at least do what they did last week, which is take a game. But, uh, you know, I w- wouldn't be mad if they decided to win the series either. How are you feeling about it? This is this is a monumental. This is your, your, first, your first time back to a stadium. You've been to quite a lot in recent years of your life. Uh, your first time being there as, <laughs> as a Milwaukee Brewers, like pretty crazed Milwaukee Brewers fan at times. How are you? How are you expecting all this to go? I'm not talking about on the field. I'm talking about you emotionally, just the whole experience. Is it gonna be? I mean, I know it could be cathartic, depending on what happens on the field. But what are what are you looking to get out of this? Um, I'm looking for them to split the two games that I go to. Just win one of them. That's all I ask. Uh, I think the this red series has done a lot to take away some stress you know hopefully hopefully the brewers play well but also like can the reds just lose to someone that's not the brewers like can the dodgers well, just remove- yeah i mean that's my when it comes to the baseball part i was gonna say like i i guess with the brave series a successful series for me or an acceptable series is matching whatever the reds do against the dodgers and yeah that's fine like okay they're playing a good team too so we'll see how that goes. And if you're gaining further ground on them, fantastic. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. And but other than that, like it all else is fine because, as you know, Adam, I'm at a point in my life where I don't care about anyone's opinion but my own. So the extracurricular nature of this series, it, it, there's no like uh, I'm very zen. Like I'm. Saturday, I'm going to be drinking so many beers, I'm not even going to know there's a game going on. So, <laughs> like, uh, there's a lot of good restaurants in Atlanta I haven't been to in a while that uh, that I will get to to refamiliarize myself with. Shout out uh, Fred's Meat and Bread and the, the Crog Street uh, Market uh, in Atlanta. Um, haven't been there since a Coldplay show in, like, 2021 or two. I can't remember. Uh, but, yeah, so... Uh, 
I'm, I'm good. I'm not looking forward to the weather. I mean, it's going to be hot, I assume, uh, late in July. So that could be tough. But other than that, I'm very sad. The greater lie has never been told than Andrew Slider saying, I'm very zen. Uh, so for anyone listening, I mean, you know, Atlanta famously a transplant city. I'm sure there'll be plenty of Brewers fans around. I'm sure sort of if you see a very, very stressed man, you know, Brewers gear, blonde hair, glasses, you know, maybe maybe beers in both hands based on how Saturday, you know, plans seem to be. Just give him, give him a nod, give him a pat on the back. It's it's probably Andrew. He's going through it, but maybe maybe this is it. Like maybe they'll just they'll deliver for you. Maybe you know Julio Tehran. We saw what he did to the Braves last time. We got more of that. Colin Ray, come on, Colin Ray doesn't let anyone down. We saw in this series. Maybe they will deliver. And you know the best case there might actually be you know let's say the Brewers go and sweep the Braves and. Uh, the Reds just go and do the same thing to the Dodgers because then the Brewers can overtake the Dodgers and move up the, the the National League standings overall. And we just start having loftier goals, you know, or eating into that Braves lead, you know. Maybe this is how it's going to be, Andrew. I'd love to live in that reality. <laughs> uh, but for now, I will take... Uh, I'll, I'll take whatever the universe wants to offer up to me. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we will. We'll see how it goes. Right, look, I'm feeling yeah, quietly confident. We'll see who that uh, that Sunday pitcher is for the Braves, too. I think that's, that's an important detail to this. Uh, I don't think it is. <laughs> you don't? Okay, great. Well, then. No, no I, I, I think the Brewers facing, like, who, who's the best pitcher in, in baseball right now? Lost my mind blanking. The Brewers facing prime like Randy Johnson versus facing some eighth starter lefty with a career eight ERA. Makes no I think difference. it makes no difference. Yeah, exactly. So. They could they could beat either one equally. Or well, that lose sounds great equally. though. That's a that's when you spin it like that, it sounds like a real positive. You know, we're not afraid of anybody. We just will struggle uh, against everybody. Fangraphs has uh, their projection is AJ Smith, Shaver, the rookie. So we'll see how that shakes out. I'm I'm holding out for some good stuff. I think Andrew deserves it, and uh, let's hope it's not like me and Andrew's dog Freddie reporting in with updates on Andrew come <laughs> come to uh, the post Atlanta series pod. Obviously, um, uh. His name's Freddy because of a previous life, but his legal name is Fastball Freddy. So he was very excited to see the 13 strikeouts from Freddy Peralta. All right. We got anything else? Yeah, pretty much does it. Yeah, that, that'll uh, take us into the weekend. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to us where you get your podcasts. That's cruising for a bruising. You should also check out the rest of the GSPN shows. With the Eurostep Podcast Network, the main feed, home to all things Milwaukee books. Talk to Tundra for everything Green Bay Packers. And make time for this, where Andrew and I talk about movies, pop culture, all that kind of stuff. Oppenheimer pod dropping very, very soon. Tomorrow. Um, Yeah, that's everything. As always, thanks to all of you for listening. To those of you venturing to the suburbs of Atlanta, Keep an eye out for our guy, 
and uh, bring home the win. Until the next time, thanks again. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.